The legend lives on from the Chippewan down to the big lake they call Gitchagumi. Rob. Yes. I want to. I really want to like that song. So. <laughs> you want me to do it again? No, I'm good. Thanks. Oh, I can do that. Okay. Song, man. It's a great song by the Canadian singer-songwriter uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot. Yep, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. This is another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. And this episode, we're going to talk about the bonus commandments we teach in our schools. Uh, com- commandments number seven through twelve. Number seven: Feather, feather, feather. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so who who came up with these twelve commandments anyhow? Oh, um, because I'm gonna I'm gonna insert mine here. Somebody uh, whoever came up with these twelve commandments, I know makes m- more money than you and I do at bonus. So I tread lightly here. Okay, yeah, true. Uh, so <laughs> I look, uh, all these are important, but feather, feather, feather. Uh, we know this. I mean, this you know this is. And I know we're not just talking about the machine. We're talking about the T-bar. And, uh, you know, these floors start off as a real rough, rough project. And then, you know, it, the closer we get to the to the finishing product, I mean, then every delicate touch matters, right? This is where I'm going to insert one that I think we should add to ours. And it's honor the dry time. That should be a commandment. That was the one I heard you talk about before. Yes. I don't care what manufacturer of finish you work for in a, in this industry many 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 problems i'd say probably this is the number one problem that that guys have that cause an issue is not honoring honoring the dry time whether it's the stain the water popping the wood filler the 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 seal coats or the finished coats not you know everybody we you know we're under the pressure to get this done or there's you know, more money. If we, we don't have to come back for the next co- next coat, we can do another one today. Uh, I get all those challenges. We both lived them for 60 years between the two of us or more. But uh, I really think this should be uh, one of the commandments. Honor thy dry times. Yep. All right. So I'm not even, well, let's not even talk about feather, feather, Well, feather. I do want to talk. A, a, can I talk about it or do we have yeah, to? Yeah, absolutely. Because... Hey, listen, this is a this is a team thing. Are you sure? Because your name's always first, I notice, in all this stuff. Well, every, every team's got a leader. <laughs> okay, I, I guess I'm, you're, you're, you're the man. You're the coach. I'm just a starting, <laughs> starting center for me. That's it. Um, one thing that uh, we have been really teaching a lot in the schools and uh, is when you are feathering, the faster you feather, the faster you move that T-bar when you're you know doing a push away or a pull back to you or when you're using your cutting pads and everything and you're trying to feather. And feathering is so, so important on uh, tinted products, even you know, tinted top coats or sealer coats that you're working with, Nordic, Amber, those. The faster you move when you're pushing that stuff away from you, the better that feather looks. When you do a really slow push away and feather it up, you can really see the difference between moving really fast with that or moving really slow. So the faster, the better. You just brought to mind uh, uh, something that always cracks me up. Uh, I know you've been to many of uh, the NWFA schools. And uh, 
tell me if this is uh, familiar to you. So there's four different panels there, right? And there's manufacturer reps on each panel. And then you get your, your floor done and you finally get it sanded, you know, you, you know, you work through that and you got, you know, different guys on there, different experience levels. You, so you get it, get it installed, you get it sanded, you get the first coat of stain on, and now we're going to coat the floors. So the end up phase is, uh, which is right. You know, let's, you know, let's let the students coat the floor now. <laughs> <laughs> so your life now is in the hand of somebody with that T-bar in his hand who may have never coated a floor. <laughs> and uh, there's been so many times I want to strangle somebody, uh, you know, just put the finish on the floor. You're killing and, uh, me, you're, Smalls. You're, you're, you're killing you're, me. Yeah, you're just killing me right now, man. And then the guy's smiling and he's, you know, he's just nonchalant, but he's absolutely he's just screwing the, the pooch right on this coat. And you got to try to sell this disaster to somebody now. Exactly. Yeah. And then and then it cracks me up that ever since uh, Matt came out, every rep puts Matt on their panel. <laughs> but your hands now is in your fate is in the hand of some guy who's going real slow. He's stopping. He's pouring too much finish out. He's you know, he's reaching back when it's already drying. And, and uh, yeah, he works yeah, for the IT care. department of that distributorship. Yeah. And they just sent yeah. him to get his feet wet. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. So we go. So it's usually somebody now, 10 goes. years of uh, production <laughs> is in the hands of a guy who uh, he's just thinking about where they're going to go to supper that night. Yeah. And then uh, usually you go, OK, well, who wants to coat the floor? And and the, and the one guy goes, yeah, I'll coat, I'll coat it. And you're like, yeah, no, never going to be you. So you act like you don't hear him. And you give the T-bar to somebody else and you think you got a shot. That was so. the absolute same guy who, when you were showing him how to run the drum and you gave him a tip, he stopped completely with the machine down saying, what was that? Yeah. What'd you say? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you have a massive cornea. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you got the guy that, that, that guy that don't know how to sand and he's, you know, he's leaving stop marks and everything. But there's a, there's also a stud on the panel and he's disgusted more than you are. And, uh, you know, he realized he put all that work into the panel. And uh, so, anyhow, it's, it's uh, fun to politics. And All right, what's next? Okay, number eight. Keep the floor and the air clean. What was the other one again? Number eight. Keep the floor and air clean. Huh. I think we kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah, I think we kind of touched on that, yeah. Well, the clean air so one we didn't really touch on, that's... A well, I mean, that just goes hand in hand with dust containment now. It does. And, uh, you know, some guys are bringing their own filters to the job, um, you know, and changing the filters out and everything. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, the guys are pretty good now about the, about the uh, recognizing that the air – and that all goes along with airflow too, man. So I, I think we touched on it. Yeah. I mean, and you got to find out where the dust is. Uh, so many times I think we left houses cleaner. Um, we left them cleaner when we left before we got there. You know, cleaning off fans and tops of doors and tops of refrigerators, wherever any dust could start moving around. I mean, you have to have a dust-free environment to lay those coats. Yeah. All right. What's next? I'll tell you what's next. I was watching The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance the other day. I love that movie. Oh man, what a, it's a great movie. Is that the best? Well, yeah. I, 
John Wayne had some great movies, but that's definitely, I think that's even moved into my top three. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic movie. Yeah. But when you get your choice of John Wayne or Jimmy Stewart, that always kind of bothered me. Uh, depends where you're at in your life. Uh, I used to love John Wayne, man. I was John Wayne at one time. Well, yeah, I think you still are. And no, and then uh, <laughs> before that, the Lone Ranger and Tano. Remember, um, I had the the two carbine six shooters that my mom got with the S and H green green stamps. Oh my! And uh, God, yeah. are you showing your age now? <laughs> there's there's five thousand five hundred people who have no idea what you're talking about when you just said yeah S and H green stamps. Yeah, I know, but um, but when I put them six shooters on in the, uh, um, I wouldn't put on the mask though. I mean, you can't pull that mask off. So uh, I went without the mask. But yeah, man, I, I I was a huge John Wayne fan until I then he had some war movies. He was a cowboy dude, and he had some war movies. Then I think I seen him get killed a couple times in the movies. Ah, uh, I think he died in two movies. Well, I know he died in the Cowboys. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of what war movie he died in. I don't know. Huh. Have some. Tell the people who are listening, if you know the other war movie John Wayne died in, send us an email about that and we'll send you a t-shirt. If you know the answer to that one. Well, I know Eileen loves when I, I do Eileen things like this. Because <laughs> <laughs> they can just send out a t-shirt, right? It's no problem. They'll get 400 people that will get that right. Yeah, because I just Googled it. He was killed in four movies. Really? He was killed killed in the shootest. He was killed in the Cowboys by Bruce Stern, by the way, who is one of my all time favorite actors. And Bruce Stern uh, like never lived that down. It took a long time for him to get over killing John. There are a lot of people that were not happy with that. Yep, he was killed in the Alamo when he was Davy Crockett. Well, no, what I was talking about in in the the man who shot Liberty Valance is the woman had her choice of Jimmy Stewart or John Wayne. And she picked Jimmy Stewart. I mean, not that I have a problem with Jimmy Stewart, but come on. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? All right. Number nine, application rates and tools. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's another one. Application rates. I know it sounds simple. But application rates, and I know I just sound like I'm beating a dead horse here, but on that first coat, bare wood application rates, you've got to hit the high end of the application rates for flow and leveling purposes. End of story. Especially when guys are going dry and they're trying to back out of the rooms and stuff like that, and, and, and you know they, they don't give themselves enough working time, uh, you really want to make sure you're putting enough face down on the floor. It just makes your life easier. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Flow and level times everything. The other thing about application rates, you know, I, I love when people come to the school and they're like, oh, man, I love traffic. Uh, I'm getting about 800 feet a gallon. This stuff is amazing. And I'm like, dude, that's that's not what we want to be doing here. We want to hit that application rate because when you hit the proper application rates, five, six years down the road, that homeowner cleans her floor. She looks at it and says, man, it looks like they were just here. Yeah. That's what's going to give you strength, durability, scuff and mar resistance, 
all that good stuff that's going to do nothing but build your reputation. Yeah, no, no question. It's it's important. I mean, uh, you know, I, you see some guys that are getting that 800 square feet per gallon and, and they're putting three coats on and really they're getting a coat and a half, you know, on that floor. Yeah, that floor. And so exactly. It matters. All right. What's the next one? Number 10, mix your product. Uh, again, you know, once you talk about, uh, traffic and traffic HD and any, any of the, in the traffic family of mixing the product real quick, just hit on it real quick. Cause I see sometimes guys put the hardener in there again. I've, I've seen this at a school where they put the hardener in there and then they just, you know, start talking and just kind of casually, once you put that hardener in there, you need to, you need to really shake that up. You now. need to, you need to be moving the entire time. The other thing is I've seen guys. You know, they'll mix multiple gallons, but they'll open them up, dump your hardener, shake one, and then go to the next one. So let's go over how to mix the traffic correctly. First thing you're going to do, shake that bottle for 30 seconds. Get it ready. Shake it for about 30 seconds. A good, solid shake. Open her up. Dump your hardener in there. As soon as you dump the hardener in, now you're going to shake, cap it, and shake for 45 seconds. And I mean shake the hell out of this, your arms. It's a good workout. Think of it that way. And at yeah, the end the of that is- 45 seconds, you uncap it and let her rest for about five minutes. Yeah, and the idea is that the molecules, just to figure the molecules don't like each other. and You need to smash them into each other to get them reacting. You are, you, I tell you, man, I'm shocked that you don't work in the lab. Say that one more time so everybody hears that. Yeah, so the molecules don't like each other. Uh And in order for them to work, you need to smash them into each other. Uh, The other thing with some of the, you know, if you're using our booster product for Mega or if you're using Mega Clear HD or the sport products, you're using not a hardener, but you're using a catalyst. And with that catalyst, we want to add water to it. So if you got a couple inches of catalyst in there, you put a couple inches of water in. You know, you're going to match that 50-50, shake that up, dump that into your product, shake it, same thing, uncap it, and let her breathe out a little bit. Rob, Rob on, a, on a really big job, you think it's a good idea to bundle all the finish together? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think that uh, it just makes sense. And another thing where I think guys get into trouble, say you got a 5,000 square foot house and you open up all the finish and you add the hardeners and you shake them properly and everything. And then you coat the upstairs and then you coat the stairs and risers coming down and then you pick up the, the gallon of finish. And if you don't shake those up again, you know, you want to make sure that sheen is consistent all the way through. But it's been sitting there now for maybe an hour or 40 minutes or so. So I think it's a good idea to just shake them uh, and if you are doing a great big open room, you really want to bundle all the finish together. Uh, one of the things that we teach at the schools is never get halfway through a room and start a fresh jug. You want to be able yeah. to coat the entire room from start to finish, whether it's with a you know a one gallon jug or like you said, take a couple of uh, t- a couple of gallons, mix them together in a five gallon plastic bucket, and work out of that. So you're working, yep. you're getting the same exact finish that you finished with that you started with. And here's a good time to explain why I always brought nylon stockings to the job. It just makes sense to me to strain the finish. Uh, I know every manufacturer puts a puts a strainer in there already, but this way you're double straining it. And uh, 
there's no bullets left in the chamber. You're doing absolutely, positively everything you can to make that finish as clean as possible. And it takes maybe 20 seconds to straighten the finish. Uh, so I do think it's good practice. Also, it shows the homeowner that hey, you're, you're doing everything you can, your due diligence to make this floor look right. Well, let's, uh, let's, t- let's talk about number 11, Wayne. Yep. And that would be strain your finish. Gosh. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't have these in front of me, so uh, it's amazing how intuitive I am, isn't it? Listen, you don't need to read this. You live this, okay? You're right. I mean. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you go to bed and get up thinking about that you you are this stuff yeah uh you got to be careful with those nylons too okay because uh yeah i did that you know we used to do the nylon thing and i was out of school and showed everybody how to put the nylons on and then i tucked those nylons that i was cutting in my back pocket and Pauline went down one Saturday morning. She's doing the laundry, and then she comes up, white as a ghost, holding a woman's pair of nylons that she knew wasn't hers. Uh-huh. So watch what you do with those nylons. And she, she told me that story, <laughs> and uh, I said, Pauline, nobody uses nylons for that. I said, that's that. That's I've never heard that before. That's insane. I mean, think about it. Why? I mean, nylons and finish. Well, I, you know, I took the nylons from her. Finally, I let her sweat for you know a couple of seconds, just, just so she, you know, realized what she really has here. Mm-hmm. So I picked up the nylons. I spread spread them out, and of course they're all chopped up and holy. And I'm like, what kind of a woman do you think I'd be with? It's wearing these gnarly things. Yeah. So be careful with those nylons. Don't tuck them in your back pocket and uh, let your wife find them. I, I used to like steal my wife's nylons, but but that was for a totally different <laughs> thing. You weren't straining finish. Yeah. They just you know they just felt feel nice, right? Uh, don't judge me. I'm not judging. You know, but... no. But but here's the thing. Uh, you're, if you notice your wife's nylons, they sm- probably smell like perfume, or, or you know what I mean. So I stopped stealing hers. <laughs> Because you know, I don't know what that's going to do to the finish. So I just go to the go to the store and buy the big girls nylons um, because the, you, there's more fabric there. Uh-huh. And, um, uh-huh. And and it, it's a good value. Yeah. Boy, are you walking on thin ice right now? Mm. Nothing. I didn't say anything wrong. Okay. I I've said nothing wrong. Uh, I. All right. Yep. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yep. head down that rabbit hole with you. No. How is Judy, by the um, way? How's Judy? She's great. She's at yoga right now. Yeah, she, I, I want her life. <laughs> I, I want to mar- uh, marry a dummy who goes out and works seven days a week, almost 15 hours a day. Uh huh. So I can stay home with cats and go to yoga. Cats and yoga. But uh, yeah, no, she's doing fantastic. Yep, she's doing really well. Thanks for asking. Um, Yep, she's uh, going to California soon. Uh, her mom is going to be ninety years old. Wow! So good for her. Yep, she's going up there for a birthday. You think? Good for her. You're not going? No, gotta work. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the ninety fifth one. So her her job is her day is yoga and birthday parties and taking care of cats. Uh, pretty much. And you just grind yep. away. No, she takes care of all the uh, financial stuff in the house and everything like that. And I, I, I'm 
spoiled in that regard. Well, tell her I said hi. Yeah, I probably won't. <laughs> she listens to the podcast a couple of times because I say, what do you think about this, Judy? And uh, she thinks you pick on me. Oh, really? So, Another one? Yeah, yeah. So I guess she hasn't listened to them all then. No. Yeah. <laughs> you were select ones to listen to. Yeah. You telling her what ones to listen to? Yeah. yeah. I figured that. What's the 12th commandment? This is it. Number 12. Floor care. The final 12th commandment. Frontier? The 12th commandment of Bona. Floor care. Well, I'll tell you what I think about floor care. And uh, this is something we preach at all the schools. It is so important to teach that customer how to take care of her floor. Because if you don't, somebody else will. And she could be running down to the True Value Hardware store and ask some kid, hey, how do I take care of my hardwood floors? And he could, you know, steer them in the wrong direction with oil soap type products and and that kind of thing. So it's got to come from us. And like I was saying before, we want that customer to look at that floor five, six years down the road, and they say, man, it looks like they were just here. And by teaching them how to take care of that floor properly, that's what's going to happen. You know, um, over the years, I've come to realize this. Uh, some of the biggest home builders in, in America give every one of their uh, new homeowners a, a bone of cleaning kit. And uh, when I was talking to one of the guys, he says, look, uh, I... I so there's been times when we've done a beautiful home for for somebody, you know, we we put our you know heart and soul into this. The guys did a great job. The floor looks, everything looks fantastic. The house looks great, and they use the wrong floor care kit, and we get a bad Google review. He goes, so I'm just tired of it. We just give them a kit with the instructions on how to take care of the floors, and he goes, I just do it for that reason alone. We used to do it because, and we'd give them the uh, the floor care kit. And we would give them uh, coasters for their furniture, and I'd build it into the job. I don't. I just didn't want to come back to try to fix a scratch, you know, or or again, like you said, someone's giving bad advice. They're using something on the floor they shouldn't, and it's a good good way to ruin a, a what was a good relationship, you know. That if you've done a great job for somebody and they're they're really pleased with the floor, but they put something wrong on there. They call you back and well, you never told me this. And now yeah, it's like, you know, exactly. Yeah. The blame it, game it starts. Just goes, yeah. It just goes down a bad road. The other thing I like about what you were saying, there, giving floor kits away. There is something nice about when they're handing you a check, you're handing them something. Now it, I don't get me wrong. I know they're, they're handing you a check for four grand and you're handing them a, you know, $40 floor care kit. But there is still a nice feeling of an exchange of goods there. You know, the people think that they're getting something extra also with their floor. So it's, I think it's a great idea to give something away at the end of the job. No question. And uh, as a side note, I don't know if people know it, but uh, with all the LVT floors that are out there now, Bonas come out with some fantastic LVT cleaners. Uh, really, really nice cleaners on that LVT. So for retail store owners and, and what have you, the, um, if you look at how much of that stuff is going out, uh, this is a good way uh, to, to maybe make some, uh, you know, an upsell on it. So there you go. All right, Wayne. Rob, 
Chiefs 49ers. Uh, you want a prediction? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be the Niners. I had a feeling you yeah. were a Niners fan. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Isn't I'm not you, a Niners you lived fan. in that area for a long time, though, right? <laughs> yes, I did. Not a Niners fan. Uh, here's the thing. I'm. I'm not really. I'm a football fan. I just like a good game. I really don't have a, an Allegiant Stadium team. Uh, I, I'm. I'm happy for Kansas City as well. I mean, what is this first time in 50 years or something to the Super Bowl? Um, so and they're a great team, actually. Uh, I just hope it's a good game, but uh, if I'm predicting who's going to win, uh, I'm going to say Niners. Well, I'd like to see Niners win because uh, Garoppolo, you know, he was an expatriate. He was a great backup for us, so it's always – Why do you root for that guy? What's that? Let me tell you something. Why do you root for that guy? I told you he's an expatriate. He's, he's a, blood, he's a brother, man. That guy is probably the best-looking guy in the NFL. <laughs> that guy don't need your help. Every woman that loves the, the NFL that I ever talked to in the last year loves that guy. Jim, ask Rachel Craig. Ask a Rachel Rachel Craig why she's a Niner fan. Jimmy G. Uh, in, 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 in our account services, this guy's a great looking guy. I mean, uh, he doesn't need he doesn't need your help. All right, apologies. Gosh, uh, sounds a little angry angry there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> we'll have to cut that part maybe because. Uh... Uh, no, no, you got, okay. you got, All hey, right. you got nothing to worry about, man. You already got Judy, so you're good to go. That's absolutely. All right, Rob, I appreciate it. That's the twelve commands. Do a review real quick. Hit them real quick again. Number one, expectations. Number two, know thy species. Number three, environment, temperature, relative humidity, and dew points. Number four, airflow and control of that airflow. Number five, read the directions. Number six, floor preparations. Number seven, feather, feather, feather. And seven A would be Wayne Highlander's Honor Thy Dry Times. Number eight, keep the floor and air clean. Number nine, application rates and tools. Number 10, mix your products. Number 11, strain your finish. And number 12, floor care. I think we also learned that... um... Go see, take your bride out, everybody. Take your bride out or your girlfriend to go see Parasite. Uh, Don't don't go see, if they bring it back, don't go see uh, out of Africa. Yeah, no, it's too old. Um, uh, Our thoughts and prayers go out to all the floor guys and everybody in in Australia. And uh, Canadians, the best Canadian uh, songwriter. (laughs) What's the guy's name again? Edmund Fitzgerald? Uh, oh, man. You already said it. I did. Uh, hang on a second. It's coming to me. Uh, Wreck of Edmund Fitzgerald. The ship was the pride of the American side. The big lake they call Gitchagumi. That's the, that's, yeah, good guy. Good knowledge there. Gordon, Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. This has been another episode of. This has been another episode of On the Floors with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode.